0: It's racial injustice against black people specifically and there's racial injustice against ethnic minorities specifically and that, that is completely true i've felt it i've seen it but the the core of the issue friends is sin yeah the core of the issue is sin
1: hello and welcome to the together podcast it's a conversation about faith justice and how to change the world i'm anna and today i'm joined by sandeep and matt so how are you both doing I'm doing really good. I'm very excited for this episode, for this podcast. This is I like that we're on here together. But yeah, I'm doing really good.
2: Yeah, I think it's amazing that we're on our first episode together.
1: Yeah, it's really exciting. I feel like we've got different visions we want to share. So yeah, I'm looking forward to us chatting. And we have an amazing episode coming up where we'll be hearing from Jordan Christian. He's a youth pastor from Birmingham City Church and he's been doing that for the last six years. But before we hear from them... It's time for our link up section where we link up the connection between faith and justice whilst chatting to one of you or someone new.
3: So we have a new team today so we thought we'd spend a bit of time getting to know each other and for everyone listening to hear who we are and what we do. You know it's brand new, we're here first time together and you lot probably don't know who we are. First of all guys, shall we introduce ourselves and say what we're most looking forward to being part of? So Matt, start us off.
2: My name is Matt, I think it's just getting to be more involved climate action, getting to speak to young people as well. And yeah, just really help share information and ways that we can work together to make a real change and impact in the world.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Anna. I think I'm most looking forward to you. there's a lot of like passion, energy, zeal for justice and for getting us together as a collective community. So I think I'm, yeah, just really looking forward to like my game being raised when it comes to justice work, but also being surprised at how amazing like God, just being in awe of what God's doing through our generation.
3: Yeah, and I'm Sandeep. I'm really excited to be on our digital comms team. It's so exciting. I think we're a great team. But I'm really excited to get stuck into this community of different people and get to know some of you young people as well. You guys are amazing, can I just say. So I'm ready to be blown away by you guys. But we're going to get a little bit deep with the questions now. So guys, it's a real get to know you segment. So this question is, what's something that people misunderstand about you? So Anna, you start us off this time.
1: So you guys can't see me at the moment, but I have a nose piercing and for some reason people just think I'm a vegan because of it. But I think since living in Brighton, having mates who are vegans, I've just like absorbed some kind of like this vegan mentality or something. So lots of people think I'm a vegan.
3: That's hilarious that people associate nose rings with veganism. I've never known that That before.
2: I've never heard that before. I've not. Is it like some kind of vegan starter pack (laughs) weird (laughs) mentality? Do You know what? I've
3: actually been thinking of getting my nose pierced as well.
2: There are some really amazing vegan dishes out there.
3: Oh yeah, I had vegan pizza the other day. It's absolutely brilliant.
1: I'm not even a vegan, but I will do some vegan promo right now. I think people do think that there's not a lot of vegan foods out there. So like some people even like, oh, can I eat bread if I'm vegan? There are loads of different varieties that you can eat from. Matt, what are you
3: most misunderstood about? So
2: when people see me, I'm quite a tall guy. I'm six foot three.
3: You are Uh, tall, I can second that.
2: uh, Yeah quite broad as well so people might think oh this this guy's quite quite a scary guy
3: oh you're like a teddy bear you're not scary at literally. all literally <laughs>
2: yeah. i was literally just about to say that yeah pretty much i am quite quite cool calm collected and
1: did you practice that alliteration cool calm, collected
2: <laughs> no i i didn't but thank you for <laughs> spotting that
3: <laughs> get a t-shirt with it on <laughs> i like that I would say something that I'm misunderstood about the most is probably because I'm quite I like to make lots of jokes all the time, even in inappropriate times. I think some people can misunderstand and think that I can't be serious or that I can't like I, I can't take things seriously, whereas I can. I can at the right times. It takes me a while and sometimes I will be like laughing at the worst moments, but I can be serious. <laughs> I say that
1: while I laugh. <laughs>
3: That was our get to know us segment, guys. I hope you feel like you know us a bit more now.
1: <laughs> and we want to, in the future, bring some of you guys on so that we can chat about this, get to know you, hear some of your questions. So if you have anything that you want to say, feel free to submit your own question to either our Instagram at we Are Tear fund or you can leave us a message on our voicemail. We're going to be hearing from our the plug-in section where we plug in to what's going on in the world offering a perspective based on our faith.
2: Black History Month as it's October, so we'll be celebrating black history across the world. The theme this year is proud to be. Although celebrating and including black history should not only be for one month, this is a chance to be intentional about listening to the stories and histories of the UK and the world that are often overlooked. So what are we talking about today?
1: We want to celebrate examples of black leaders and history makers when our history has been biased towards focusing on the achievements of white people we are missing out on the full history of how real change and progress has been made so what I thought would be cool is if we share stories of what we're most thankful for and inspired by from black people pushing for change and justice throughout history so Sandeep do you want to go first who are you most inspired by
3: Yeah, something recently that I've been inspired by is, I don't know if you all know of Reggie Yates. He's a very famous presenter. Awesome. I've always enjoyed watching his career happen. And, um, you know, something he made this year was a platform called pass the mic and this is specifically for young people within the tv industry to kind of basically pass on knowledge education opportunities to the next generation and i think i was really inspired by that because it was two principles of this whole movement what he's created and it's that one is passing on something to the next generation like he's done his career well he's still doing his career he's not like you know old or anything but you know he's he's got all this experience and knowledge and he's wanting to pass it on And I just love that. And the second thing I just love about that is about how he is creating opportunities for the next generation as well to make sure that they have, yeah, the opportunities like what he's had, but opening it up to all people, all ethnicities, all races and giving them a voice. And it's really a platform to do that. And that's something that's really inspired me because I think that We need equality in the opportunities that are presented to our next generation and especially people of different ethnicity groups because there's more power and voice in different people than just hearing the same voices all the time. Mm. So that's something that's really inspired me um, and that I've really enjoyed kind of watching flourish and grow throughout the pandemic, I think. That's awesome. What about you, Matt? Anything inspired you lately?
2: Uh, So there's this athlete named Jesse Owens and in 1936 he went to... Berlin to compete for the United States in the Summer Olympics, and at that particular time, Adolf Hitler was using the game to show the world a superior Nazi Germany, and yeah, Hitler was pushing this idea that the Aryan race was superior to basically black people. So what actually happened was that Owens ended up winning four gold medals for the USA. Uh, he won the 100 meter sprint, uh, the long jump. He won a 200 meter dash and he also won the four times 100 relay race with the team. Yeah, it just really showed how, how wrong, I suppose, that way of that way of thinking and operating was. Sadly, though, when he returned to the USA, he wasn't celebrated in the way that some of the athletes were. Um, They all sort of encountered racism within the USA. And I suppose what that just kind of reminded me of was how, despite the UK team, the England team getting a lot further than it has previously in the Euros, uh, this year, many footballers... We've seen quite a lot of online racial abuse and just kind of really showed how we still have a long way to go for a fortune of society in terms of how they treat other people.
1: Yeah, that's really cool, Matt, about Jesse Owens just completely proving all of these assumptions of superiority wrong. But at the same time, it's sad to see the parallels of that in 1936 to now and still the racism that so many black people face in sporting. Someone that I've been really inspired by is Vanessa Nakate. So she's a climate justice activist from Uganda and she starts her activism around 2018 and she was the only one who was talking about how, or I think she felt like she was the only one who was outside of parliament trying to ask the government to change, saying that the temperatures were rising, the way they were using coal was like really problematic. But what I love is that she didn't just take her being the only one as that would just be her justice fight, but she went onto social media and she asked other people to join her So she's founded a million activist stories you can find on Instagram as well, but she's platforming and sharing different stories of other activists and what they're going through to make sure that it's a movement. I think it's just such an important sign is like you could feel like you're one person, but now social media, there's so many more people who can get involved with you as well. But also that you're never just one person, especially when God wants to be part of what you're doing. But she's also trying to pioneer more African voices being talked about in the climate movement and being able to platform that and talk about that. So I think it's just really exciting that like she was one person from Uganda, but now she's really creating this movement across the whole of Africa. Um, so yeah, she's someone that inspires me. But yeah Matt as a black man I was wondering because it is proud to be in Black History Month what would you say that you're proud to be?
2: That is a fantastic question. Yeah so I think I've reflected on this over the years growing up and yeah I'll definitely say that I am proud to be black. I love so much about our culture. So I am what I affectionately refer to myself as a Jam So my dad is from an island in the West Indies called Anguilla and my mum is from Jamaica. And just being able to experience two very different cultures, also similarities between them has just been, yeah, just real eye-opening and just amazing to experience. So just like the music, the food, the art, even sort of the the dialect as well yeah it's just been amazing to sort of experience that and i love what black people bring to the world culturally as well so over lockdown there are all kinds of crazy challenges that black people are creating and people are joining in from so i love how when say for example the metaphorical party is happening everyone gets invited you know
3: that's really cool I love that, Matt. Thanks for sharing. Because that's really, I think it's inspiring to hear like what we're proud of in our identities and things like that. I think it's really important to affirm it and say it and, and celebrate that. So I love that. Guys, big question here. Black History Month, as we said at the beginning, is like, Obviously, it's in October, but we want to go past that and it should go past that. It shouldn't be constricted to just a month. There's so much to celebrate and actually we don't need the restriction of it. But how do we make sure that it's not just one month that we're talking about Black history, but how do we keep being intentional about celebrating this beyond the month of October?
2: I think it's just not waiting a whole year to celebrate people that are doing interesting and amazing things. Like The the month exists because it doesn't happen, but in terms of celebrating Black voices, back contributions. We need to get to a point where this month doesn't necessarily have to exist because people are celebrated all the times and yet not just being sidelined or ignored all the time. I think we are collectively a society and so that society should equally celebrate everyone's contributions and any, uh, and everyone's um, additions and what, what they bring
1: yeah yeah I totally agree with that and I think as well if you catch yourself doing anything in the month of October that you wouldn't have done like a different month I think ask yourself why and then just keep that momentum going or when I'm like with people who are younger and they're talking about their school education we're just asking questions and saying well how come that isn't being spoken about like what about this not taking any generation as either too far away or too young to be talking about this but actually like this is for everyone to celebrate and we're richer for it so I think just really making sure that my conversations are intentional with people and that yeah we just keep that momentum going
3: yeah I think that's really true I think having the conversations and carrying on the conversation is the key in all of this that it becomes a natural it should be a natural part of life for all of us not just those of us that are black or brown like it, it should be a natural part of life that all of us are just it's coming up in conversation. And yeah, I like that. I think we're making headway towards that, which is good. So it's exciting. And its I just love that we all get to be a part of the conversation, the celebration. I love that.
1: Yeah, it's so great that we all get to be part of it. Now we're going to be moving on swiftly to hear from our interviewee. However, Sandeep has a personal connection to him. So I was just wondering if you wanted to introduce him instead of me.
3: I would love to. This is a very dear friend of mine. We have got Jordan Christian on this podcast today. And he's also uh, the youth pastor from a church in Birmingham, Birmingham City Church. Church. He's a brilliant guy who has so much wisdom, and ah, oh, he inspires me all the time.
0: Yeah, man. Um, yeah, thank you, TF1, for having me. Thank you so much, uh, Sandeep, for inviting me. So, uh, yeah, I'm Jordan Christian, and I am a youth pastor at Birmingham City Church. Have been for about six years now. Gonna be ordained. I'm administering training as well, so I'm gonna be ordained hopefully next year uh, without the white collar. You know uh, for stylistic reasons and yeah what do i like i lo- i like anime hip-hop and dumpling that's what i like anime hip-hop and dumpling that's what i like dumpling is a is a caribbean food it's absolutely gorgeous so yes that's that's me i was born in birmingham if you can't tell by my accent and born and bred it's towards this big issue that is racial injustice you know i've been having a, this kind of conversation probably since yeah, May 2020. And it's been an ongoing conversation, which is great. And you all know about George Floyd. You all know about Black Lives Matter. You've probably heard it. If you haven't heard it, you've seen it on Instagram. You've seen it on Snapchat, et cetera, et cetera, for the last 18 months. And having this conversation is it's a big deal for a lot of ethnic minorities. And it means taking a, a foot in the right direction, taking a step in the right direction. That's what it means. What is racial Injustice? And I I think that's a hard question. I think that's a really hard question um, because it's so big. Yeah, because racial justice is such a thing throughout the the world, not just here in the UK. We see items on the news about the the racial injustice that still happens. Uh, And when it comes to our country, a lot of the time we see racial injustice in forms of maybe it was a hugely violent attack and, and it made the headlines and now there should be something Something should be done about it. But for, for me, racial injustice is very basically a sin. End of story. Racial injustice is, we need to look at it as as sin. It's the culmination of sin, or it's an expression of sin where people of a different, of a different color or of a specific color don't get a job or aren't offered the same opportunities or aren't allowed in particular places or don't have the same privileges or are attacked or are uh, slandered or given uh, not even just a, a disadvantage but presented with so many disadvantages that they don't know how to do life and that is what racial injustice is and it's obviously again not just in our country not just global but it is a historic issue historically throughout the world throughout the Bible even, race has been an issue. There was a time during the uh, Black Lives Matter protests in America and in, in the UK, where I felt so overwhelmed with everything that I was hearing. As a young black man in Birmingham, I felt so overwhelmed. The main reason why I felt so overwhelmed is because what was happening out there across the pond over the Atlantic felt very real to me here. Now, there wasn't any racial injustice happening to me at that time, in that moment, but this, these floods of memories, these floods of of occasions where I felt those moments of racial injustice just came back to me. And so my emotions came back to me as well. Feeling those things, I Definitely had you know pent up emotions about how, what I can do, where you know, and where I could go with this. What can what I can do in my youth group? What I can do in my church? How we can fix things? And one of the biggest things that God ever said to me in that moment, and I think I remember sharing this uh, over Urban Collective podcast, in a sense, was guarding my heart about it. Yeah, guarding my heart because of all our, of that sin that I can see in the world that I relate to, and I just want to do something about it. Now fixing it. Being a, a big part of the solution and fixing that issue of sin is obviously Jesus. We know that He has come to correct so much, and that's one of the things that has come to correct. But what do we do to fix it? What do you do to fix the issue of someone get, uh, getting less pay because they're darker than the other guys on, st- on staff? How do you fix the issue of racial slurs happening at the back of a taxi when a taxi guy, taxi driver is just trying to take one person from A to B? Like, How do you fix those systemic issues or those social issues when it's such a big item that it feels like not one of us, not even one of us, could do something about it, not make not make a dent in it. For me, again, having those, all all of those emotions, I don't think I could fix anything. God was saying, guard your heart. And yes, I think some of the issue is in uh, the the systems. I also think some of the issue is uh, in our cultures. So on a lower level in our society, there's a lot of our cultures that often discriminate. We think that they are behaving a particular way because of their culture or because of their ethnicity or because of their race. So that's on a lower level. So yeah, the system's in place, but then there's cultures in place. But then on a personal level, it's a sin issue, human issue. When the first man and the first woman were kicked out the gun, kicked out of the garden because you know they had done, done, hadn't done had done anything wrong they'd done something wrong and from that sin crept into all of our DNA and that's just how we operate naturally. I think I'm being a little bit unorthodox by going the route of the the, the Christian um you know I'm a I'm a black Christian or a, Christ, I'm a Christian who's a black man and a lot of people will take the the avenue or the perspective of especially because it's blackish you know okay there's, there's injustice there's racial injustice against black people specifically, and there's racial injustice against ethnic minorities specifically, and that, that is completely true. I've felt it, I've seen it, and it's completely true. But the, the core of the issue, friends, is a sin, yeah? The core of the issue is sin. And as we saw, the called ones, the ones who were Israel, the ones who were chosen of God, even they committed exactly the same sin that was committed against them they oppressed other people. They committed injustice against other people. And some of it was actually racial. Some of it was like, well, they're not our kind. They're not our caste. They're not, our, they're not us. They were racially unjust towards other people. This idea that God has something to say about it should influence what we have to think about it. The fact that God has something to say about it means that we have a way of, of, should have a way of thinking, should have a way of of pursuing uh, racial justice itself. How can we make uh, steps towards racial justice? Um, What are the kind of things that you can do to be an ally to your circle of influence? Uh, What kind of things that we can, are the things that you can do uh, to work towards racial injustice? And I think one of the things you can do that helps curb racial injustice is all about what you can see and what you have felt and experienced taking an example from your own life when you've maybe suffered from a microaggression or you felt some kind of injustice it's personal it's social it's systemic it's an issue and we need to do something about it you're right but the first thing uh, you need to know is and want to do is want to do something about it the second thing i'd probably say for us to all walk forward uh, towards racial justice actually remembering that we should be loving our neighbor as we love ourselves you know there's a whole theme and a whole message of hope throughout the bible there's a whole theme and a whole message of faith with, throughout the bible there's a whole theme and a whole message of love throughout the bible and that message and that theme of love is coming from the place of well, actually i want to i, I want to move in the direction that god's moving in and I want to come around you. I want to support you. I want to I want to help you. I want to understand you. And a lot of those uh, uh, a lot of those things can be achieved by simply asking questions. Um, if you don't feel like you've ever said, "Okay, what is racial injustice to you?" or "How do you feel about this?" or "How do you feel about that?" to someone who's other, uh, either another ethnic minority or black, st- start there. Start asking those questions. The Quick wins that I can uh, offer you here, uh, you know, again being an ally to your circle of influence, would uh, would be the first thing would be to challenge discriminatory co- discriminatory comments whenever you hear them, no matter how seemingly flippant. I, often, uh, in our uh, workspaces, uh, uh, m- me and my friends will talk about what's called a, a kind of there's a way to understand or fit in within your current environment because you don't want to feel the racial injustice you just want to make sure you do a good job or work twice as hard so that you look like you're doing a good job and not ha- be hassled with um, all of these comments that are flying everywhere and uh, th- there are people probably even in your spaces probably people in your universities or in your your work uh, or, in uh, even in your family, if you've got uh, maybe a mixed family on, on some level, sometimes uh, you can hear a discriminatory comment and think, oh, they're probably just joking around. But those jokes go so deep. Those jokes can go uh, so far and they mean the world to a lot of people sometimes, because not just because of, of the nature of those comments, but actually the person who's saying them. The injustice, uh, what we can see, what is injustice in in those comments are. You're putting someone down. You're not treating them like they are worthy of God's image and be brought to up to your level. You're thinking of them as less than. You're making them feel as less than. So those discriminatory comments, those the slanderous remarks, they need to be put a stop to. You know, and again, they start with the beginning. They start with the 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 person. The second thing I'd say is about. Uh, finding a safe space for yourself and others to discuss uh, their struggles without trying to explain or excuse. One thing we have as a, as a kind of a movement encouraged our youth workers to do is to create a safe space so that when young people or people your age try and find a safe space they can ask questions. They can ask questions of uh, those who are Indian or Pakistani or Afghan or Hong Kong uh, Hong Kongese or um, Chinese, or uh, a different caste when they're Indian. Like, if, if there are no people in these spaces, I suppose in one sense you've got an advantage to say, well, actually, I I can I can be okay with asking these questions, and there's not, not going to be any repercussions. But if there are people in those space in in your spaces that are of an ethnic minority, I'm going to ask you to ask that question and be bold. You know, find that safe space where you've got a friend maybe who is in the same lecture as you, or in the same you know, college class as you. And just, just find that, that friendship space and ask questions, you know. Um, you might not know what to say, but asking questions is a really, really good idea. Uh, thirdly, avoiding uh, being dismissive or questioning the experience of someone who reports having, uh, you know, experienced racism. Now, it's, this is not to say that you, you do this by default that you dismiss racism by default. You know, I got a gauge of, you know, how interested you are in in thinking about racial injustice um, earlier when I asked the question, but i I avoid, you know, dismissive um, or questioning the experience of someone. So as much as I'm a speaker now and I've told you my experiences, um, you can believe me, but your friends or your, your, you know, people in, in your circle of influence Maybe it sounds so bad that it's so unbelievable. Unbelie- but what you can do for them, if they've come to you and confided in you and and found a safe space in you, uh, listen, they they're kind of giving you some trust there. And you can you you can um, uh, use that to say, you know what, yeah, you can find a safe space in me. I'm a you know, I'm a Christian, and maybe they're a Muslim and um and you're a Christian, and you're like, Yes, I'm a Christian, but you can trust me. And it then means you know, you're highlighting, you're showing them the truth and the love of Jesus. So avoiding being dismissive is one way to go as well. Another one is being open to learning. There are those who don't seek out this kind of wisdom, this kind of advice, this kind of format, forum, loads and loads of people who aren't seeking this even after the George Floyd um, incident. And, you know, that's what's so um, discouraging for a lot of people. A lot of people don't want to become an ally. A lot of people don't want to uh, work together to make steps towards racial injustice because of of fear or because of um, confusion or they don't want to step on anyone's toes. Or if you have a passion for justice and if you have a passion to see God, uh, Jesus's kingdom come and his will be done, you, you will be open to learning. Yeah, you'll be open to learning your friends who they are, how they've been, what their upbringing has been like. And they could be of an ethnic um, minority in this country or an ethnic majority in another country. It it doesn't matter. I I would definitely encourage you to be open to learning, to hearing, to uh, understanding what you don't understand and asking actually in in one way or another, you know what, Holy Spirit, what are you going to teach me about this? What are you saying about this person? What are you saying about their background? What are you saying for me to do? And that's another way that you're learning because you're receiving and you're being um, humble and walking with your God in in a huge sense. And then uh, lastly, uh, before I get into some uh, resources, ask about racial justice and discrimination as part of your curriculum. Um, Now, I mean, curriculum in your schools, in your politics classes, in your lectures, ask about it. You know, um, how many black female black scientists are there in uh, biochemistry, um, uh, the biochemistry field? How many uh, Middle Eastern uh, construction workers are there? And is is it overrun? Like asking those kinds of questions and in your field, if you're studying, if you're working, is one of the best ways to go. And even if you don't have any people of colour within your, your youth group or within uh, maybe even wider than tier funder in your church, just asking certain people about their experiences and about your curriculum is, again, another way to go. These are just really quick wins. There's a lot to say on racial injustice. A lot of the learning stops at what's happening right now or what's happened with George Floyd. But actually, again, like I said, it goes back further than that uh so yeah hopefully um this has been advice and a step in the right direction answering the questions of what racial injustice is what racial justice is
4: I was once told that I wasn't like because of how I portrayed myself A bit too loud, just a bit proud and all of the above I've been told for a girl that just couldn't handle my tone I can't lie, growing up I always felt alone Being amongst so many people, yeah, I struggled to find a group of my own Bring me up help build a kingdom in this world.
1: listening to a poetic spoken word by lisa lisa performed this at the emerging influencers alumni event where we celebrated black history month if you want to follow more of her content please like subscribe and share and follow her youtube at i am lisa thanks so much for sharing that with us that was so great to hear from jordan in the episode we just had but I want to know, what stood out to you guys, Matt and Sandeep?
2: Yeah, I just really liked how Jordan brought the whole thing around uh, racial injustice back to it being ultimately sin, a sin-based issue. And how he had to sometimes guard his heart from other people's actions, like especially during things like Black Lives Matter conversations. And yeah, I could definitely relate to that feeling. There's been times in the past, like even in relation to church, where I was going to an event with some of my friends and the person on the door was trying to stop us from coming in. And we told them, oh, we're here for this event. And they still didn't want to let me and my friends in. And it wasn't until our youth leader came along and she said, why are you trying to stop me from coming in? they're here for this event and that she finally let us in and then we we went upstairs for the event really good event as well and my youth leaders say downstairs talking with this person but yeah um at the the root cause of of it or it is sin.
3: Yeah, I really like that point as well that he makes. He kind of just brings it right back to the root cause of it. Like, and when we strip things away of, like, uh, from it and just look at it for what it is, like, at the end of the day, it's sin. Any action or, or feeling or thought towards someone that isn't of love like that is absolute sin. Um, and that's simply what racism is. And it's just, it's not right. Um, and, yeah, so I really liked um, how he fed into that and kind of really made that clear Uh, throughout that because I think it's really helpful to look at it that way because actually when you look at it from the perspective that there's a it's a sin issue we know that actually there's redemption for that and that brings a lot of hope and I think without looking at it for what it is it can feel very hopeless if we just see it as this is the issue it's a problem sometimes you can think well how do we even solve it or begin to work towards that kind of justice
1: I think it's really important as well to frame it as a sin issue because it's not just like, oh, you know, that happened to that person or maybe I said that thing in terms of like being racist, but that doesn't affect me. It's actually like, but if you care about God and want to follow him, all of this affects like the heart of God. And it's like a sin. Ultimately, it's a sin against God first before it is about other people. So I think it was a really challenging but really important way that he framed that. Something that really stood out to me was he was saying, like, you shouldn't, it shouldn't be until like your youth group is more diverse that you try and make it more inclusive and like chat about different topics, like, it should be like that originally. So, I was just wondering, what do you guys, especially as you guys work with youth more than I have, what do you think it means to create a safe space of celebration, of joy, where everyone can come as themselves?
3: I think for me, like, when I look at my youth group at my church, we are such a diverse, integrated group of people. And that's something that I really love because being mixed race myself, I've always struggled with that thing of, okay, where do I actually belong? Do I belong with the white people? Do I belong with the Indian people? I don't actually belong with either, (laughs) Um, which is just funny in itself. But you know, it's like I get to be a part of both these worlds and even more through that. But I think so for our youth group, we're completely diverse. and But there's a beautiful integration in that. That it's not like I know certain friends who have youth groups where it's diverse, but there's a real like split between the different cultures that are there. And I, th- I think in creating a safe space, it's how do we authentically integrate people? And I think one way to not do that is to force it. These things can't be forced because at the end of the day, it's a deeper thing of where's that person's heart at? It's got to be Mm. an authentic thing that happens naturally. So, for example, if there's someone who's never actually been around someone of a different race themselves, they need to experience something new for starters because that's really sad. And and it's a shame that that there are many people that maybe haven't yet been integrated or grown up in a diverse area or things like that. So it's how we create those safe spaces slowly, but making sure that we do it. When you're trying to build people together and build unity, it comes slowly. It's a long haul thing. It's like a marathon, not a sprint. And unity is something that needs to be worked at. It's got to be, it's got to be fought for. There's got to be an intention in it, like a clear purpose of why we're doing this. And then you've got to see the beauty that comes from unity. That was the biggest heart of Jesus. Jesus, his last prayer in the Garden of uh, Gethsemane was about unity for his people when I look at God's heart for unity and I think, yeah, we're not doing a great job. It breaks my heart. And I think, Oh, how much more does it probably break God's heart when he doesn't see us uniting in the beauty that he's created us in?
2: 100%. Yeah. I think for me as well, as what you've shared, Sandeep, it's about allowing people to be their authentic self. It's like when you're around your friends, you, you feel free enough to be your authentic self. Um, Laugh, with all your heart when your friends uh, tell you a joke and and things like that and I think a youth group should just get to a place where yeah any young person attending doesn't necessarily have to hide so even if you've had a bad day or you experience something terrible the youth group should feel like a place where you can safely bring how you're feeling or how you're dealing and yeah there should be a, a time of like support and prayer and and help or cheering someone up and it it could be anything it could be a personal loss or something happened to you and yeah just that that youth group should be a community of people where there is brotherly and sisterly love for for one another and just built on friendship Uh, the power of friendship is something that sometimes gets missed in christian circles but yeah at the root of it all is is friendship jesus and his disciples were friends there are times when they laughed together, they ate together, they did so much together. And yeah, the disciples learned so much from Jesus in that there's opportunities for us to learn from one another, no matter what our cultural background is, Like you can help to broaden people's horizons.
1: Yeah and I think you just made such a like amazing point about what church is supposed to be like like if you're going to church and it's the same as you and like everyone looks the same everyone acts the same then we're not being part of like the body of Christ because it's all about that diversity but with unity and I think like what you were saying Sandeep about unity takes like it takes the long haul it takes a lot of action it takes a lot of thinking we don't want surface level it should be something that we're working towards constantly yeah i love what you said matt about like really rooting it in friendship and what that looks like sometimes with black history month it can center more into like the history of black people and like linking to slavery and racism but actually black history month is about celebrating so i just wanted to ask you guys what do you think the main aim of black history month should be we know it's not supposed to only be a month it should go on for longer and it should be like a constant every day but how can we be really intentional focus in on what the aim of the month is
2: uh, yeah, so I think for me, I feel like Black History Month shouldn't have to exist, but I understand why it does exist. Uh, black people contribute so much to UK and global culture with, yeah, just music, art, expression, so many different things that like I can't even name them all. But generally, it's not celebrated for, for those things, and yeah, sometimes it's culture that's taken borrowed from and and taken from without any recognition Mm. Uh, so yeah i understand why black history month exists um and i think it should just be that a celebration of amazing people who are contributing to society contributing to our culture even contributing to god's global church like so many amazing preachers and teachers and theologians who are having massive impact on people's lives. So yeah, definitely it needs to be all about celebration for me.
3: And I think it depends on who, who the person is when it comes to what the aim of Black History Month is, because I think, uh, yeah, for, for all of us, it should be celebration. But for a, a big portion of people, a part of that will be repenting and lamenting well for all of us it's probably lamenting over the the fact that we like you said matt that there's even a a month that's dedicated in the grand scheme of it it's like this should be an everyday thing this shouldn't be something that's pinpointed but then we take it as an opportunity of like okay how do we how do we use this for good and so in one sense it does depend on who it is because i know for a you know when the whole george floyd thing happened which Jordan mentioned i i noticed from from just social media alone the difference in the response from people based on their race that a lot of my white friends were in a place of learning of repenting of uh deconstructing their thinking to reconstruct it in the right way and then a lot of my black friends were just exhausted by the whole thing it was like this is nothing new so so it was like this is exhausting and i i kind of fell in the middle of that like to be honest and because there were so many conversations happening at the time. So it does depend on who the people are and how we play our role in in Black History Month. But I think, yeah, the biggest thing is, like what Matt said, it's got to be celebration. There's so much that black people bring to the world, and a lot of us already know this, which is amazing, but there's a lot of people who don't know that, and that's the sad reality, Um, and that's where we, we get to... You know, there's so much in black culture that is being taken and used by people who aren't black a lot of the time. And it's like, how do we come together in this to actually, yes, yeah, celebrate together and say, listen, we see you guys. That's that's what it's about, really. That's from what I see. And I just... It's an exciting thing to be a part of, to to get to celebrate. Like, is I'm always up for a party of any kind. So... Well, within reason, actually. I say of any kind, I'm like, listen, I've got certain parties I would not go to. <laughs> yeah, but,
0: for um, sure. But
3: anything we're celebrating, I'm there for, to be honest. And I think this is a really good one that we can all be a part of. But it will look different for our, from whatever background we come from.
2: There's more to black history than slavery. Like, sometimes people just try and yeah. put it to that. But uh, even before slavery and after slavery, like... There's so much rich history there that uh, never gets focused on. I think as well that, not trying to be con- controversial, but what's taught, as, slavery being taught as black history, I think is wrong. It's, it's a history that affects many different races throughout the world. It's black people's history. It's white people's history. There are Indian people impacted as well. But yeah, I I think we've got a lot. There's, There's a lot that needs to be done for us to progress.
3: But I'm so glad we're having this convo though to actually highlight that because I think for the next generation, everyone who's listening to this, yeah. there's that there's that excitement that comes from things like this. So when we heard Jordan's talk, it's like he you know, he really laid out action points at the end of what we can be doing with all of this. And that gets me excited when we have like it's not just talking, it's okay, like, how do what do we do from here? Like, Definitely. how can we all get involved in this? How can we, you know, strive towards that unity, towards that justice? And that's really exciting.
1: Yeah, no, you're so right. I think with this generation as well, like, we don't have to repeat the same mistake. I think especially, like, as a white person myself, like, we don't have to repeat the same mistakes of, like, the past, and it's a chance to actually unite and partner with the new and what God wants to do and what he's redeeming. But I think that's really important as well. You said, Sandeep, about different races have different responses to Black History Month, and I think... There's a challenge about, like, the integrity of your celebration. If, like, as a white person, it hasn't come with repentance or lamenting, I can't just jump on a trend without also, like, thinking through what has that been. The part that, like, white history, colonialism and slavery, that is the history of whiteness and what white people have done, I think is something that really needs, I think, for a lot of listeners as well, that we really need to, like, take seriously too. But, yeah, you've been saying about how exciting it is that there's, like, a new generation. So I guess just to end on, what do we think this generation should be pursuing when it comes to racial justice? how can we be part of the new and part of what god's real intention for this world is
3: well two things i'm really big on when it comes to this issue is and this might particularly because i've i've experienced racism myself so that's probably the side of it that i land on when it comes to the issue of racism and i think the biggest thing in my journey that i've had to really wrestle with is forgiveness and grace for those that have wronged me so that's i always see this as like two sides of the coin but i just wanted to put that out there of like one thing I, I would love to see the next generation take a hold of and fight for and to push forward with is forgiveness and grace. Those are two things that are free, that we can give, that we can experience, not for anyone else, but for our own peace of mind as well. And those are two things that you cannot experience them without first experiencing God's forgiveness and grace for you. And I think that's something I'd love for the next generation to really take a hold of in the issue of racism. And then another thing within that is repentance from people who have maybe had racist thoughts or actually acted out on those thoughts and feelings. Actually looking inward to say, OK, God, I need help. Or actually, that isn't OK. And taking that accountability.
2: You know, I've I've also experienced racism in my life. And, yeah, it's, it's an absolutely horrible feeling. And I think for the next generation, what I want them to embrace is the the concept of imago dei which is seeing everyone as being made in the image of god and with that sort of mindset seeing everyone as important as as yourself do not hate your brother for things that you you can't change don't hate on someone for the differences that they are like Just imagine the world where we were all the same. Like, we all had the same colour hair, that was the same length. We all looked the same. We all thought the same. We all did the same things. Like, that just sounds like a really boring world. And our world is just made more beautiful by um, the differences that that's in it. The differences in our cultures, the differences even in something as minute as accents, like In the UK, how many different accents are there? Way too many. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that alone is just like, I find that just so awesome. The world is more beautiful because of the fact that uh, there's so many differences. and, And if you could just get into that mindset and just really embrace the beauty of us being able to be together, but not the same, that is, yeah, so impactful.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I've changed church tradition recently and I feel like I've entered into more of the fullness of the expression of God and what that means with different worship styles, different prayer styles. And for me, that's been an amazing encounter to see more of what God's intended his church to be. And I know that that's still like UK focused, but I think like what you guys have been saying about friendship, breaking bread with each other, fellowship, getting into like every day, everyone's like daily lives, just like doing life together. I think that's where like a large part of like us understanding each other to celebrate each other and celebrate that diversity can come from.
2: This has been a really great discussion with you guys. Uh, I appreciate Uh,
1: you
3: guys for this episode I'm so glad we did this as the first episode because I can't tell you I get so passionate about racial justice
1: thanks for you two for sharing quite openly as well about your experiences and yeah for putting it's vulnerable to do that so thanks for sharing that on this podcast as well but what is also so awesome is that we're here for the long haul as well so we'll be chatting about different topics when they come up with different episodes but yeah racial justice is a conversation that needs to continue so this won't be the last that you've heard us speak on it but if you want us to talk about anything as well, let us know. Again, send us a DM at we Are Tier Fund. And if you want to get more in touch with Jordan or hear more about racial justice, we'll put some links in the bio as well that you can check out. But yeah, thanks, Matt and Sandeep, for joining me today. You're welcome. Thank you for having us, Anna.